Marshall slides it around the rim. He's got Eichel, top of the left circle, closing in. He shoots, he scores! Jack Eichel, power play goal! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Locke looks up, taps it back, Dodonov in the middle, he shoots, he scores! Jubilation! Vegas in overtime! Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Hour number two, Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, broadcasting live from Parkway Tavern on Mark Street. Get down here. I'll be here for the rest of the Insider Show as well as pregame, intermission, postgame as Vegas Golden Knights take on the Vancouver Canucks. We've got a Golden Knights jersey giveaway, so you're going to want to get down here, put your name in the hopper. Uh, Great food and drink specials. Really, it's an awesome place to come hang out, watch the game, and get yourself ready for Vegas and Vancouver. Nine games remain in the regular season. The Golden Knights have the opportunity with a win here tonight, regardless of what the L.A. Kings do. Uh, The Vegas Golden Knights have a great opportunity to control their own destiny. Vegas is just two points back of the Los Angeles Kings with one game in hand. L.A. plays tonight. They'll take on the Chicago Blackhawks. I'm sure the Los Angeles Kings will win that game. But Vegas has an opportunity with a game in hand to tie Los Angeles. And if they do that, then they control their own destiny. And it's just about matching Los Angeles down the stretch because you would assume uh, that as, as things stand right now and the Golden Knights don't win, uh, don't lose too many games in overtime, uh, that this is a team that, that will likely have the tiebreaker. So all of that being said, it, it's a pivotal period right now for the Vegas Golden Knights. And you're getting healthier and healthier. Over the weekend, Max Pacioretty was activated, put into the lineup, and he played against Arizona, got a goal in his return to the lineup, his 30th game of the year. It looks like Mark Stone is set to get back into the lineup for the Vegas Golden Knights. Mark Stone is a game-time decision, though, earlier this afternoon, about right when we got on the air, when we were chatting with Jesse Granger, Will Carrier, Nolan Patrick, and Loren Brossois, they were all added to long-term injured reserve, retroactive to when they were first placed on IR. And the Golden Knights had enough money in LTIR to activate Mark Stone. Mark Stone is off LTIR, and he is ready to play tonight for the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, Chapman, I want to get your take on this, because I put out a little earlier today that a lot of the anger and a lot of the frustration with one the Jack Eichel trade and two Jack Eichel being activated on the same day that Mark Stone was placed on LTIR a lot of the anger directed toward the Vegas Golden Knights was well that's not fair because they're just going to keep him out until the end of the regular season and then magically Mark Stone will be ready to go for a game number one of the playoffs he will in essence be Kucherov and a lot of the people that were angry about it said that's not fair because Mark Stone should have to play a game in the regular season in order to be eligible for the playoffs. And now Mark Stone's being activated. Now Mark Stone will be in the lineup. Now all of those excuses go away and all of those reasons to be angry go away. And yet somehow, some way, people are still mad even though Mark Stone, the Vegas Golden Knights, have done everything right 
and they're going to be in the lineup legally before the playoffs. Yeah. Can you explain to me why everyone's still so mad about this. Well, I think it goes back to the fact that people are they're, they're still angry about the fact that an expansion franchise came in and has had immediate success. Right? There's still people who are angry about that. Oh, look, they're an expansion team. They're not supposed to go to the cup final their first year. They're supposed to suck. They're supposed to be the Ottawa Senators or the Seattle Kraken. There's a lot of animosity that people have built up towards this franchise because they're successful. And I get it. I hate the New England Patriots for the same reasons a lot of people hate the Vegas Golden Knights. Granted, the Patriots have a few more trophies hanging in their trophy case or, or in their in their trophy case, I should say. But, you know, the, the reality is it's it's so dumb. And I have a buddy and, and I love him. He's a, he's a good friend of mine. And he he is not a Vegas Golden Knight fan. And he likes to tell me that. Oh, they're cheating. They're cheating. And it's like, no, no, come on. Let's look at this from a realistic perspective. Mm -hmm. Kelly McCrimmon is not playing like nine-dimensional chess here. There was never a plan in place for this team to be on the brink of missing the playoffs with nine games to go by virtue of trying to circumvent the salary cap. There, there, there's no plan in place that... Oh, well, well, we'll just wait until we're on the brink of not making the playoffs to activate guys. Look, you and I were at the game. We, we, we've seen guys get hurt. We, we saw Brett Howden get injured. Obviously, he's injured. We've seen Will Carrier get injured. We, we, we know Riley Smith has been out. Mark Stone, he, the guy's had a back issue. Look, that's a, that's a pretty serious thing. Guys just don't say they have back issues. And Mark Stone is not a guy who is, is probably okay with not playing, he strikes me as a guy who wants to play 82 games a year. So I can't imagine there, there's there's this conspiracy by Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee and Bill Foley and Mark Stone and everyone else associated with the Golden Knights, Darren Millard and Sage Salmons, all, wow. all conspiracy, right? the entire organization, even down to this show, right? You and me. No, no, don't don't we're, add me to this. We're, 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 we're part of some some global you're not, you're not conspiracy. Me to this. I'm not. I'm not. I don't accept the terms of of whatever it is you just said. But, I, but it, it it drives me nuts. It's dumb. It's like no, this team did. There, there's no conceivable way that they would purposely put themselves in this situation where they basically need to win seven of nine games, maybe seven or eight of nine, to make the playoffs. It, it, it's it's not conceivable that they would say. Yeah, let's almost miss the playoffs. It, it, it just doesn't make sense. No, I mean, windows are very small in the NHL, and, and you want to make sure that you give yourself the best chance to make the playoffs. Obviously, the Golden Knights have been hit by the injury bug more so than any other team I can remember in recent memory. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, in order for the Golden Knights to place Will Carrier, Nolan Patrick, and Laurent Brossois on LTIR, you know what? You know who had to sign off on that? You know how, who had to agree that these guys are, are suffer, have, have suffered long-term injuries and that they are able to go on LTIR? You know who had to sign off on that? The league. So, like, I, I just I, I can't do the cheating angle. I can't do the massaging of the salary cap. Like, if you're a general manager in the NHL and you aren't trying to improve your team and spend to the cap and you aren't trying to find ways to make your team better and if something falls in your lap because you've been injured and injured and injured all season long, then 
You're not doing your job. Kelly McCrimmon's doing his job. Kelly McCrimmon's trying to put the best lineup on the ice that he possibly can. And you know what? When you have Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty go down in game number two this year, and that opens the door to trade for Jack Eichel, you do it. And you you let everything kind of fall where it may. You let things happen. You understand that there might be a day you got to make a trade. Tried to do that. Didn't work out. But for the Golden Knights to say that this is what was designed is ridiculous, especially when you factor in the types of injuries that we've seen, how they've come about, how they've happened. It's just nonsensical. And and I think that people need to let go of the idea that the salary cap is something that all teams aren't looking to take advantage of. If you can do it and you're willing to do it and you have ownership that doesn't mind spending $92 million, then you do it, and you're just mad because your general managers aren't doing it. You're just mad because your capologists aren't figuring out ways. You're just mad because maybe the ownership isn't wanting to spend to the cap in order to improve the team. Get over it. You're not the Vegas Golden Knights. It's okay. It's not a bad thing, but like, let's, let's get rid of this ridiculous notion that the Golden Knights wanted to be an LTIR, that the Golden Knights wanted to only have 28 games so far out of Mark Stone, only 30 games out of Max Pacioretty. Let's, pre- let's stop pretending for a minute that the best key for this team has been for Jonas Ronberg to have more games played than Pacioretty and Stone. Like that's just, That just doesn't make any sense, Chapman. No, it, it, it doesn't. There's not a world where it makes sense. And just because it worked with one team, the Tampa Bay Lightning, who, by the way, were... were Loaded. I mean, they were the defending Stanley Cup champ, and they were able to to manage what they did last year with Kucherov. But I mean, it, it just it, it, it's it's lunacy to think that these guys would purposely keep their best players out of the lineup for more than half the season. I mean, I mean, I mean, in in, in what world? Does that make sense? Yeah, I have a guy who, despite the fact that he's only played, what, 30 games, is my third leading goal scorer on the team. Let me keep that guy out for 55 games. Yeah. Like, let, that, that does not make sense. Let, let me keep a guy who is a Selkie Award finalist. Let me keep him out. Let me only have him in for 28 games this season. In what world does that make sense, Ryan? No, it doesn't make any sense, Chapman. But the good news for the Vegas Golden Knights is that Mark Stone is back. He was activated earlier off of LTIR. We've explained the corresponding moves. The injured players for the, for the Golden Knights that had not been placed on LTIR are now on LTIR. So you've got Mark Stone back in the fold for Vegas. How important is that for you, Chapman, down the stretch? And follow-up question, how much does that change your opinion on where the Golden Knights end this season and whether or not they make the playoffs. Well, I'll start by saying, obviously, you and I and and everyone listening to the show know what Mark Stone brings on the ice. He's a guy who's going to play 200 feet. He's a guy who's going to set other guys up. He's a guy who's going to score big goals for this team. But I look at what Mark Stone brings in the locker room, and I feel like he brings an air of confidence to the locker room because he plays with a lot of confidence. And I think guys in the locker room, especially some of the younger players, the, the Jake Lecisions, the Jonas Rambiers, the Nick Waz, I think they feed off of the confidence and, and kind of the calming, maybe not calming is not the word, the, the intensity is probably a better word that Mark Stone brings to the lineup because he is an intense player 
And what I what what I think it, it gives is these guys are going to feed off of that. They see the heart and soul that Mark Stone puts in on every single shift. He doesn't take plays off. And it doesn't matter if he's the guy scoring the goal or if it's Nick Waugh scoring the goal. He's going to celebrate like the team just won the Stanley Cup, the way he celebrates every big goal this team scores. And I think that's something that maybe this was this team was missing, that that fire, that that heart and soul, that guy who's going to grab you when you're down and pick you up. I mean, the guy wears a C for a reason. And you add him back to the lineup, and, and look, he may not produce much, right? We, we don't know. But you know... As far as being the heart and soul of this franchise, the heartbeat, I, I like to use the, the, the phrase I used it yesterday, the guy who stirs the drink, that's Mark Stone, and there's no doubt about that. How much do you have to temper your expectations going into, into tonight's game? Because the fact of the matter is healthy enough to play versus 100% may be very, very different. Uh, do you have any tempered expectations for Mark Stone in his first game back? I do. I, I, I don't. I, I mean, look, if the guy goes out and scores a hat trick, it, you, you're like, oh, my God, that's no, you're amazing. Not surprised. But, you're but, not surprised. No, but I think, you know, you, he's obviously going to play limited ice time, especially if he's on that third line. He, his, his minutes are going to be behind a couple of the other guys. And and I think you're going to have to ease him back into it because he hasn't played a lot. And and he's not Max Pacioretty in that he's a he's a, a, a guy who, who's going, he's an assassin like Max Pacioretty when it comes to putting the puck in the net. Mark Stone works hard for his goals. Pacioretty, I mean, he, he's just got a cannon. So, um, you know, I, I, I think you, you do have to temper expectations. Don't expect him to go out there and be the best player on the ice. I mean, I think that's unrealistic. He may not be the best player on the team for the last nine games of the season, but having him out there is important, and I think that's where you, you kind of have to be. You know, it's he may, not, he may not score a goal a game. He may not score any goals, but just having him back there, I, I think that's, that's good enough for me. And, look, anything else he gives you is, is gravy. Yeah, earlier today, Pete DeBoer did speak to the difference Mark Stone makes should he get back into the lineup tonight. Well, every one of these guys that has come back into the lineup makes a difference. You saw Pacioretty changes our team. Martinez and McNabb coming back last week change our team. Robin Leonard changes our team. So, you know, obviously Mark Stone is uh, our captain, and, uh, you know, he's been the leader here since, since I got here. Uh, so, you know. It's important, and uh, you can't understate his importance to our group. Yeah, I like I'm right there. It's as far as on ice play goes. Mark Stone opens up a lot of what the Golden Knights system is built around. And what I mean by that is an ability to make plays in the neutral zone and then feed transition. The Golden Knights are a great team off the rush, but what you get when you have players the caliber of Mark Stone out of the lineup and you're asking players that don't have that resume to kind of, if you're asking them to do the same things Mark Stone's doing in order to get your offense, it's not going to work. That's why you've seen at various times Alex Petrangelo overextended and and maybe sacrificing defensive structure for offensive chances because you've got to find ways to score goals. Mark Stone in the neutral zone is an absolute stud and it feeds into what the Golden Knights do better than any team I think in the NHL when they're fully healthy and that is score off the rush. They're not a team that's built 
to spend a lot of time in the offensive zone to, to get to the front of the net. They've got to find their chances in transition. And that, to me, is where Mark Stone makes the biggest impact on this team when he's healthy and in the lineup. But there's an impact Mark Stone makes away from the rink. It's not on the ice. It's not X's and O's. And Jack Eichel spoke to that. Yeah, it's huge. Obviously, he wears the, uh, the C for a reason. But, um, you know, he's just a... Uh, you know, he's a common influence, but, um, you know, he, he's a worker. He, uh, he's competitive. You can see that, and you see the way that he, uh, the celebrations and the emotion that he shows, and, and that's how he is. He's, uh, you know, he's a great leader, and, and for us to get him back in the room has, uh, has definitely given us a little bit of an uplift, uh, and, you know, we're excited to have him. And, uh, you know, on top of all that, he's a, he's a tremendous hockey player, so he brings a lot a uh, lot on the ice and uh, i'm sure as opponents try and scout us before games uh you know his name's always there and um you know he they have to worry about him and uh so he's a he's a big part of our team we're happy to have him back so how soon chapman do you think it is before we see mark stone and jack eichel on the same line well i think a lot of it's going to depend on the health of mark stone i mean you you, you kind of alluded to it 100 percent and healthy enough to play I, I, I think there there is a, a a fine line between the two, and I don't know if Mark Stone is 100%. I don't know if he's going to be 100%, but I think you want him as fully healthy as he's going to get before you put him on the line with Jack Eichel. Look, reality is Jack Eichel's built some chemistry with the guys he's playing, and I don't know. You know, you know it's it's tough because I don't know if you want to disrupt that or break and break it up, or if you just want to. Put your best players together, and, and I'm glad I'm not Pete DeBoer, and I'm glad I don't have to make that decision, but I would I would still lean towards you, you want your best players playing together, and I think Jack Eichel and Mark Stone together on the same line makes Vegas a really, really formidable uh, uh, a task for, for teams trying to defend that. What he does with the other spot on that line, I don't know, but... I mean, I, I, I like the idea of, of Stone and, and Eichel together, so... I mean, it, it, there's there's a lot of different options, and and I think you, you, you may, it really depends what you're looking to accomplish. So there's pairs, right? Like you look at the pairs right now for the Vegas Golden Knights, and you saw it mostly in the game against Arizona. You went with a pair of Pacioretty and Stevenson. You went with a pair of Marcia and Carlson. You go with a pair of Evgeny Dodonov and Jack Eichel. I, to me. I want Eichel away from Stone as much as possible because what Stone does defensively, and unless you're planning on going with a pure shutdown line, unless you're thinking of moving William Carlson off of the line that he's playing with with Marcheseau and and needing production out of that line, unless you're going with some combination of William Carlson, Matthias Janmark, and insert, uh, I don't know, any other player that you want to on the other wing and, and have that be a shutdown specific line I think your shutdown line is Mark Stone and if you can get Mark Stone to shut down the opposition's best players think playoff series think Mark Stone think shutting down Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl then that should free up Jack Eichel to not have to worry about defense and go out there and score and what we're seeing right now I think out of Jack Eichel is that he is that good and his game has come along to a part where or to a point where you can expect Something out of Jack Eichel night in and night out. Yeah, I and I think maybe maybe we were we weren't sure. I mean, people who follow the game and, and watch every game every night, they knew what this team was getting in Jack Eichel. But I think a lot of people who who 
probably didn't get to watch a whole lot of the Buffalo Sabres. And, and obviously with him being out for a large portion of the last two seasons, we, we may have forgotten just how good of a hockey player Jack Eichel is. But I'm amazed every time I watch him because he's by far and away the best player on the ice for both teams. And, and I don't even think it's close. You know, it, it, it's like I said, there, there's a fine line and it really gives Pete a lot of options. I, I don't know what the answer is as far as playing those two guys together or if you don't. But what I do know is Jack Eichel is, is a superstar in this league. And just watch him, watch the way he carries himself and watch the way he makes things happen. I mean, he skates circles around guys sometimes and it, it, it's fun to watch. But, you know, he, he's the guy who, who and, and I, I, I tend to maybe lean with you on on the, maybe you don't put them together because if you remember a lot of a lot of people and not necessarily the golden knights but a lot of people are saying look stone was was he kind of wore himself out in that colorado series because he defended so well and they shut down that top line that he really didn't have a whole lot to carry over to the montreal series i don't know how how much of that is actually accurate but i mean it could be and i i think you, you may be onto something that maybe you just want stone to be out there to shut down a guy like McKinnon, to shut down a guy like Johnny Goudreau. I mean, I, 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 I don't know what the answer is, but I like the fact that Pete has options now. Here's Jack Eichel on where his game is. I think there's always, you know, you can always say, like, you want to be better, and no different. Um, I, I think, uh, yeah, there, there's, been, there's been moments and spurts of, uh, of me feeling like myself, and... Um, you know, but I think just the consistency night in and night out, you know, still looking for, for that, I would say. Um, and that just comes from playing more, you know, what is it, 20, 25 or so games in. Um, you know, and I, and I think there's been a lot, lot of good to build on and there's some stuff that, uh, you know, that I'd like to do better and, and work on. And um, But, you know, it, it has been tough. You know, we've had a lot of different guys in our lineup. We've had different line mates. We're just trying to create chemistry with different guys and, you know, work on our special teams, work on the power play, um, and then obviously focus on the things that I feel I need to do to, to help our team win. So uh, some games have definitely been better than others, but you know, just trying to piece together as much consistency as I can. So for me, I think he's getting closer and closer. And, and with Jack, there are moments within a game where he is taking over. There are moments within a game where you're Jack Eichel with the puck on his stick and his impact is immediate and you know that it's coming. It's inevitable, it feels. So... I think the consistency will come. I think there's a level of understanding what needs to happen this time of year. We all have to understand that this is new to Jack Eichel. Just like it's new to Vegas Golden Knights fans, being in a playoff race down the stretch with just nine games to go. This is the latest into a year in the NHL that Jack Eichel has been playing meaningful hockey games. So that's something that has to be factored into it as well. There's a there's a shift. It's not as cataclysmic as many people think that it is, but there is a shift in how you have to play and doing the right things when it's playoff hockey, when space is is really tightened up and teams are selling out defending incredibly well. So that's a learning curve for Jack Eichel, and he's going through it for the first time with a team that's been battling injuries all year long and has done well enough just to be in that position. And I think that's the part in all of this that cannot be missed here for the Vegas Golden Knights. They're in a position where they could make the playoffs in a year where injuries could have simply easily derailed them. Pete DeBoer talked about how this team has stayed in contention for so long. 
Well, the salary cap stuff's beyond my pay grade. Uh, you know, at my level, it, it's just been, you know, a, a, an abundance of injuries. Uh, you know, 14 years in the league, I haven't, I haven't dealt with this many for this long to, to that many key people. So it's a credit to our, our group, uh, our depth, our American League coaches and the guys that have come up that, you know, we've still got a pulse here with 10 games to go. And Pete DeBoer is right on the money. It's a credit to the organization. Top to bottom, organizational depth, everything from the AHL, the coaching staff, Manny Viveros, what they've been able to do with young players in development. And then obviously Pete DeBoer pulling all the right strings, getting the most out of the lineup that he could night in and night out. And oftentimes not having the same lineup for more than two or three games at a time. That is difficult. It is hard to do. But the Golden Knights are where they want to be according to Pete DeBoer. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. You know what? We're, we're uh, right where we want to be. You know, you've got uh, less than 10 games to go, and our destiny's in our hands, and we've got to go out and execute and get the job done. And, you know, we're finally starting to get some good news on the health front and add some bodies back. So we're in a good spot. we just got to go out and get the work done. Yeah, it's all about hard work right now for the Vegas Golden Knights. I, I think that you get this game here, and it springboards you for the rest of the trip. This one has to be one that the Golden Knights circle. It has to be one that the Golden Knights want. And then from there, you look to make this three-game road trip a statement. Yeah, I think you get a response tonight because, remember, we, we did see a response against Arizona. But I think this was the one that they want to show, hey, you know what? What happened last week was just a, a one-time thing. We're better than the Vancouver Canucks. We're going to prove it. And, and tonight, I, I think, look, I don't care how they win the game. I'm like you at this point. Who cares about the process? You've got nine games to go. What ultimately matters is winning. And I don't care if they win two to one or if they win five to four. It doesn't matter to me. Just get the just get the W and 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 move on to to Calgary. All right, Chapman. We're gonna take a break. When we come back, we got one timers right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two on one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one timers. One timers. Short handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. One timers brought to you by Paul Powell. More lawyers, less fee. We're going to start off with a trio of debuts from the University of Michigan. Well, two debuts and one signing, one particularly intriguing for the Vegas Golden Knights. So Owen Power, Chris Chapman, made his NHL debut for the Sabres today. Woohoo! Are you, you really excited about that? Hey, why not? Okay, all right. Go Sabres. Uh, <laughs> so my question is, Owen Power... Uh, signed to an ELC, now with the now with the Buffalo Sabers. You've got Rasmus Dahlin, who has seemingly taken the next step this year. You've got Peyton Krebs and Alex Tuck, who have fit in incredibly well with the Buffalo Sabers after the Jack Eichel trade. Is it a good time to be a Buffalo Sabers fan? Well, I, I I think you have a lot of young young pieces, and and Dylan Cousins is another one of those guys as well. So. Yeah, there, there's some pieces there. I, I don't know because I, I kind of feel like some of the guys like Middlestad has never really kind of lived up to being such a high draft pick. But I would say I'd be a lot more optimistic today than I was maybe two or three years ago. What what has to happen for the Sabres um, next season 
for their fans to think that they're taking a step? Uh, I, I would say not be out of the playoff hunt by January like they were this year. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 it sounds funny, but I think they would need to be in a position like the Golden Knights are today where, where you're playing meaningful games in April. You don't necessarily have to make the playoffs, yeah. but I think you have to be playing something important. I mean, like we, we talked about yesterday, the, the East, the eight teams have pretty much been decided since Christmas. So I don't know if that's a good or a bad sign for, for the Eastern Conference that you basically have eight teams who stink and couldn't even make it interesting into the new year. Or if the other or if those eight teams are just so much better than everyone else. I, I don't know, but I think to, to feel confident, you want your team playing meaningful games in April. And look, they've been a lot better in the second half of the season, but they still have a long, long way to go. Do you have anything else to say on Buffalo? I like Craig Anderson. I, I think I think he's a hero to all of us old guys. You're talking about a guy that might not even be a saver next no, year. No, <laughs> no, I know, but you know, I like I like that. What is he? 41. Craig Anderson is on is on the other side. He's closer to me than he is to you, and I kind of like that. So I root for Craig Anderson. All right, last question that I have for you on the Buffalo Sabers because I've seen this quite a bit, um, just online, hockey, Twitter, and take that with a grain of salt. Uh, oh boy, is Alex talk the next captain for the Buffalo Sabres? Yes. Yes, he is. Okay. He, he's a local guy. Yeah. Um, he is excited to be there. He's really He's been really, really good for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's a no-brainer. The fact that you can put the C on the chest of a guy. And, and I think we got to see Alex Tuck's leadership a few days after he was uh, became a member of the Golden Knights when they had that very first development camp. And Alex Tuck didn't have to be there. Yeah. But he was because he wanted to, to, to help these younger guys and wanted to, to be a leader. And I think it's in him. I, I, I really do. And, and I hope so because I've always liked Alex and, and I'm rooting for him. And I think it'd be great to, to be able to put that C on the chest of a local guy who, who grew up going to Sabre games, who could rattle off some of the great players from his youth. I think it'd be awesome. All right. So from the Buffalo Sabres to the dynamic Seattle Kraken, uh, Matty Beneers will make his debut tonight for the Kraken in Calgary. He just had his uh, rookie lap uh, in warm-ups. Are you excited for this one? Uh, sure, why not? I mean, I think anytime you get an infusion of, of young talent into the league, it's always going to be good. You know, one of the funniest things I saw was I, I saw a picture of, of, I guess, the Kraken tweeted out that he's making his first road trip, and there he is getting on the plane in his suit. Yeah. And someone replied, I had no idea that the Kraken signed Justin Trudeau because apparently he looks a bit like <laughs> Justin Trudeau, and that made me laugh quite a bit. I'm like, wow, I guess I can see the resemblance a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's cool. And, uh, you know, it, it, it really speaks to the, the volume of just how good Michigan was in it win a yeah. championship. But th- that they've had guys who are walking from Ann Arbor, not walking, but they're, they're, they're making the trip from Ann Arbor and right to the NHL. And, and I think that's cool. So uh, the, the funny thing about that is, and, and the only point that I'm going to make, is it gives you an idea that in a in a one game playoff essentially a single elimination situation especially in hockey the best team doesn't always win no and i i i think denver won right denver ended up winning yes. the the uh the championship they beat the uh, hobie baker award winner who was the goalie for minnesota state uh but yeah it, it, it's kind of a weird setup and it, it's but that's the way it is and 
I, I like the fact that one one game determines it all, and on a given night, a bad team. I mean, I remember in college baseball well, years ago. Hold on, in, hold on, hold on. You like a one-game situation? I, I do in college oh. sports, yes. Oh, I hate that. I, I For college sports, I like it. It, no, would, I, it would be awful in the NHL. It'd be awful in, in uh, Major League Baseball. But I think for college sports, I, I, I think it's good because you always kind of get that David versus Goliath. And you, you in, in college basketball, we had Maryland-Baltimore County, the, the number 64 team in the country, somehow beat the number one overall seed a couple of years ago. Just saw this run for St. Peter's in college basketball. They were a 15 seed all the way to the final eight. So... I like the the one game because in, in doing so, you give the small schools an opportunity to have that golden moment. And we got to see it this year with the Pioneers of Denver. Is it a golden moment or a shining moment? Well, in basketball, it's a shining moment. I don't know what okay. they call it in hockey. We'll call it a golden moment because it's the VGK Insider Show. For me, I'd rather see, like, especially when you get to the Frozen Four, right? Like, one, the, the hockey tournament is not – as gigantic as March Madness is in basketball. So like right. that's number one for me. Number two, if you get down to the final four, especially when you look at the, the, the team that Michigan has or had with Owen Power, with Maddie Beneers, with Brendan Brisson, who we're gonna talk about in a minute, Luke Hughes, like when you look at the amount of draft picks, high end draft picks that were on that club, I don't feel like their season should end in a one off game. Like Give me best of three in that situation for all for for the two series going into the final game. Like I, I I'm a junkie. Like I'm all about more hockey. Um, I just I don't like the idea of Michigan season ending because they didn't have a strong 60 minutes one night. That to me is is a little ridiculous. But it does lead us into this idea. It's Brendan Brisson signing a professional tryout agreement with the Henderson Silver Knights, looking to make his pro debut for the Silver Knights tomorrow. Are you excited about this one? Yeah, I, I am, because for, I guess, the two years we've heard about Brendan Brisson. He, he was an Olympian. Mm-hmm. We know he's he works out with NHL players. Um, so it's, it's exciting because... It's another young guy that the Golden Knights will have an opportunity to maybe bring up here at some point in the next, I don't know if he's going to play in the next nine games. I would imagine no, unless he absolutely lights it up at Henderson. And maybe the Golden Knights clinch a playoff spot before the nine games are up. But I think it's exciting because for fans here, they're going to have an opportunity to see a guy who was their number one pick just two years ago. So I I think that's pretty cool. And I'm excited about that because we've had Brendan on the show a few times. He seems like he's a fun guy. And and by all accounts, he's a, he's a really good hockey player. So, um, you know, it's exciting for, for fans to be able to go out and see this guy in their own backyard. It'll be interesting to see when the entry-level contract gets signed. Uh, like, if I'm Brendan Brisson and if I'm in the Vegas Golden Knights, like, I don't want to burn year number one of the ELC. Like, I really don't. I, I, I just don't think that... If you're Brendan Brisson in this situation, it makes much sense for you because you don't want to burn a year when you're essentially going to need to make an impact. You're going to need to make an impact, and you have to do it in two years. Why give yourself two years when you could give yourself three? And for the Golden Knights, like you want Brendan Brisson in the last year of his contract playing for you in the NHL, potting 15 goals if that's kind of the number you have in your head on an ELC 
you want him cost controlled for as long as possible. Like I personally am not into the idea of burning the first year of the ELC. I think that you push that back if you can, if you're the Vegas Golden Knights. Here's the big win, I guess, for the Department of Player Safety. Uh, we know what the the suspension is for Evgeny Malkin. He gets four games for cross-checking Mark Borowiecki in the face. That is half the remaining games for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, too harsh, too light, just right. Where do you fall, Chris Chapman? Well, I was surprised when I saw four games because I think we talked about it yesterday, and, and I, I said probably two, maybe three at the most. I'm a bit surprised at four, but there there is a history. Granted, it was a one-off or one-time incident. Now he's a repeat offender, and they both involve sticks high up. So, I mean, when you when you cross-check a guy in the face, <laughs> I don't have much sympathy for you when, when you get a suspension. But I guess the Penguins can say, hey, you know, it's only the second time he's done it. It's not like the guy has a long history. But I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's probably okay. Like, I, I'm surprised it was that much, but I don't have a problem with it. I think it's just right. Like, if Austin Matthews gets two games with no prior history, Evgeny Malkin gets four with a prior infraction. I, I think that that's 100% correct. I, I really do. Um, and, like, listen, if you cross-check a guy in the face and you get suspended for it, and three years later you do it again, that first penalty, that first suspension, didn't do its job. So it has to ratchet up in intensity from there. Like, if Denny Malkin getting four games in the final push before the playoffs, if that's not enough to dissuade him from doing this again, then you have to continue to up the the suspension you have to continue to make it more and more costly for these players so that they stop doing dangerous things and i was going to use a different word but dangerous is the safer choice in this in this situation all i'm saying is if you don't learn the first time maybe you'll learn now that it's four games and if you don't learn it four games then maybe you'll learn it six and maybe you'll learn it eight and at some point even tom wilson has learned so that's all I've got to say. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I think four is fine. And anytime you cross-check a guy in the face, you're, you're not going to get a whole lot of sympathy from me. So, I mean, it was dumb. Don't do it again. Those are your one-timers for Tuesday, April 12th. Brought to you by Paul Powell. More lawyers, less fees. Chapman, do we have tickets to give away? Yes, we do. In fact, we have a pair of tickets to go see... Uh, a team that's very near and dear to my heart on Monday. All right. Vegas, New Jersey, 702-876-1340 is the number to be caller number 6. 702-876-1340. We're back to wrap it up on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. All right, Ryan, a little scoreboard watching going on right now. Some games of interest. First, we should say that Alex Tuck has an assist right now and the Sabres lead Toronto by a score of 2-1. to one. But other games that might be of interest to Golden Knight fans, Minnesota leads Edmonton 1-0 to nothing at the end of the first period. No score between San Jose and Nashville. They are also at the end of one. And Chicago Blackhawks not doing Vegas any favors. They are trailing 
the LA Kings 1-0 about halfway through the first period. And that one in Tampa, they are taking on the Dallas Stars tonight. That game puck will drop at 6.30. So uh, there's your updated scoreboard watching uh, from me. I don't know how, what you would call it. I, I'm, I'm just, I guess, doing the dirty work, checking the scoreboard for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you. Um, yeah. Come on, I, Chicago. I, Let's go, Blackhawks. Come on. The, the Kings aren't losing that game. I hope they do. They're not losing that game. They've got Chicago tonight and then tomorrow against Colorado. Like, we understand the assignment here. The Kings are going to beat Chicago, and then they're going to get rolled by Colorado tomorrow. <laughs> I, I'd prefer they lose both, but I'll take that. <laughs> well, you're getting greedy now, Chapman. Hey, that's what I do. All right, what, what's your prediction for tonight? I think Vegas wins. I think it's a tight game. I think it's a close game. I think Vancouver puts up a fight, but I think at the end of the day, Vegas wins 4-2. to two. What are you expecting out of Mark Stone? I'd like to see an assist. Give me an assist, and I'm happy. All right, Mark Stone returning to the lineup. It's always fun to preempt myself. That's what's happening, though I'm not preempting anything. I'm just going to be on the other side of the break with the pregame show. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas.